Hi everyone, welcome to Talk About Life on、um, Internet, YouTube, Facebook, and podcasts. And today we've got a very、um, important topic, and all my topics are important because I I feel that、um, the world should get an education out of conversations, and we don't get enough. Of education from schools because there are just too much, and we don't get a lot of education from the news.、Um, and you know we're being thrown,、um, you know, from we don't we're just being thrown into this internet world、um, from all kinds of competition from the news. You know, news from CNN, news from America, news from Asia, news about business, news, just everything. So I think. There's a lot of things we're really missing out in many parts of the world, and today we have the topic demystifying Venezuela, and demystifying a generation. So today I've got a, a lady,、um, Val, and she's going to tell us about Venezuela and her life. And these are the questions I'm going to ask her, and she's going to take it away、um, from me、um, after. So I'm just going to pose these questions to Val. Where do you come from? What is Venezuela? And because there's very little news. About Venezuela,、um, that's coming out from there. We, we outside of Venezuela and a large part of the world, maybe from where I come from, Asia and Singapore, we don't know what's happening there. And I've got to be really honest. The only thing that I know about Venezuela is when I watch Miss Universe. You know, they've got beautiful women, and it seems that、um, it's it's a beautiful country just from the women. Is so? Is this the narrative、um, uh, that we know? Um, about Venezuela, is it representative of Venezuela?、Um, beautiful women and and women who are tall,、um, shapely. They can speak and you know, elegant.、Um, but what's life there? So what's so Val is going to describe her life there and what doesn't the know what the world know、um, about Venezuela that we ought to know. About the country inside, the economy, the jobs, the shops,、uh, access to things,、um, brands, food, clothes, internet,、um, education,、um, opportunities for women.、Um, you know, I, I want to hear from her. How is it like there? What does the world look like from her eyes? And I would like to also Val to share with us her aspirations. Uh, being a woman in this millennium, I and and a very educated woman、um, that I hear from her voice and the things that she said、um, in the other episodes, I'm sure she's got lots of aspirations for her life.、Um, and I would like to hear how she would、um, describe her aspirations and how she wants her life to be. However, I also want to the world to know from her: Are these aspirations? Realistic、um, in her country.、Um, what's the gap like between the wants and then、um, the situation? And then, what about the people?、Um, could she tell us about the people's lives and their aspirations?、Um, do they have aspirations like、um, like herself? Um, do they want to see their life and their country change? And how do they want it change in the next five years? Or, or the country is not going to change? Is it going to be the same?、Um, looking at the past history,、uh, and I want I would want her to describe to us about her friends, her close friends. 
Um, tell us the conversations that she and her friends talk about. Um, you know, we want to hear about what they say um, about about um, dreams, about life, about jobs, about money, about future, family, children, about their country, about circumstances. Tell us how these real conversations go. Are there frustrations? How do the people feel? Do they feel angry, impatient, or are they happy? Are they feeling unjustified? Or they feel that hey, um, things can be a little bit better, and uh, and I'm asking these questions because with the onset of the internet and the in, uh, and and with internet of the information of the world, um, people are starting to feel that hey, my world is really different from the rest of the world. Um, is there such a revelation? Um, and we're gonna hear it from Val. Um, so Val, welcome to the channel. I would like you to tell us Thank everything, you. and the floor is yours. And take it away, Val. Yeah, I can hear you perfectly. Wonderful. Well, uh, um, well, we have a lot to cover today. Um, I think you 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 put it perfectly the way that uh, that we as Venezuelans want to be heard, because when you hear the news or even if you heard if you don't hear the news at all about Venezuela I don't think that uh, it is portrayed in a way that you can actually hear the voices of actual Venezuelans mostly you hear from foreigners because that's where the news come from usually for uh, from other other countries from the USA for example for, from CNN uh, put it uh, to put an example you know but it's hard to actually hear the voices of Venezuelans and that's what we want right now we want the world to know what is actually happening here and that's um, what where you were saying early uh, when we started the, uh, recording this uh, you were talking about like for example in Singapore yeah. uh, you know about about Venezuela because you know Miss Universe and Miss Venezuela, beautiful woman, uh, which is I mean it, that, that that's nice. That that was a brand or it is a brand that Venezuela uh, that Venezuela has around the world, and it, it was a way you know to to maybe in the nineties and in the eighties to make the country more recognizable uh, in order for you know maybe promote promote tourism or something like that and uh, it is it, I mean Venezuela has changed a lot in the last 20 years and even that image of Venezuela the image that you may have about Miss Universe and I don't know beautiful beaches and beautiful con a, a beautiful country that image has changed a lot we still have for example the uh, uh, the Miss Universe or Miss Venezuela contest but as uh, uh, economically and socially, Venezuela has deteriorated uh, with with time. Everything has become darker, to to put it that way. In the past twenty years, not only the the economical tragedy that we are living, but also the political turmoil in Venezuela has make has put us in Venezuela in a very difficult situation. I'm going to talk about a, a little bit about that. Um, when 
you hear the news about Venezuela when you actually, if you ever get the news about Venezuela, maybe you talk, maybe you hear about that we live in a dictatorship, which is true. That's, I mean, that's the truth. If you, if someone painted painted it in another light, that's that would be a lie. Venezuela is a dictatorship and has been a dictatorship for many, many years, even before Chavez death. For for those who don't know, Chavez was the was the president of Venezuela since uh, 1999, 1999 to 2013, when he died. So he was in power for um, 13 years or so, 14 years, in, in wasn't as bad as we are today, but it is still bad. I mean, it was bad by 2013. Venezuela in the 90s was a booming nation. When I say booming, is that economy was booming. Uh, well, in the 80s, I mean, in the 80s, the economy. We have that feeling that we were one of the most advanced countries in Latin America, and we were. We, we were privileged because uh, Venezuela has a lot of oil. Venezuela has the biggest oil reserves in the world. And well, of course, we, we exploited that. And we sell, and we still sell, well, not much right now, but I'll get into that later. But we sell a lot of oil. We'll, so we get a lot of money from oil. Uh, and that's why Venezuela became a, a, a great nation among other Latin American countries compared to Colombia, who was at that time in the 80s and the 90s in a very political, uh, uh, a very bad political situation. Uh, and other countries in the world, in the in, in Latin America, sorry, other countries in Latin America were very poor at the time. Venezuela was different from them. We weren't that poor. It, that doesn't mean there weren't poor people, but we were okay. We were doing okay as a nation. After Chavez came in in, 1999, in 1999, things began to change. And yes, we can say, uh, to put it in, a, in the simplest way possible, uh, Chavez was a populist, a left-wing populist that um, and he makes some decisions or uh, along his the, the years that he was pre- that when he was yeah when he was president uh, that end up Venezuela in an economical situ- economic situation uh, that put us in a very bad position among other countries. We were still uh, selling oil as we were in the 80s and we were and we didn't diversify the economy. Also, the country, um, which was actually the biggest or the most significant part of his uh, presidency, was the fact that actually Chavez and his and his partners or his uh, his allies, they stole a lot of money from us. When I say a lot of money, you you may think, oh well, another corrupt. Corruption case in the world, but actually, it is in unimaginable, unimaginable levels. You have no idea. We're talking about billions and billions of dollars that 
has been stolen by uh, a political party in Venezuela. Um, PDVSA, which is the biggest oil company in our country, well, the main oil company in our country because uh, uh, it was run by the government and it was the one who was in control of the oil in our soil in Venezuela. PDVSA came to bankruptcy almost. I mean, it hasn't been declared bankruptcy, but right now it is it is in such a bad state that we can't even produce gas. What I mean, gas is by you know uh, fuel for for our cars and stuff. You know, we aren't even producing gas in Venezuela. We need to import gas from other countries because PDVSA is is in such a bad shape that. Uh, that it just it can run itself as it did back 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 25 years ago. So what do I mean by telling you all of this? Because I need we need a background to actually understand Venezuela because it's very complex, especially when you're not even from Latin America. I, I guess that at least other uh, Latin American countries know a little bit more because you know we are <laughs> we are near them. But if you came from far away, you may not know this. So after this, after all this happened, after uh, the political turmoil, the economic collapse, Venezuela began, uh, I mean, started to transform or shift from a very well positioned country among other Latin American nations to be one of the poorest count countries in nations in the world. When I read my poorest, I mean, I, I'm not comparing Venezuela to other, I don't know, maybe uh, other countries that are suffering very much and has been suffering for many years. But Venezuela right now, there is a 90, 90% of the population in Venezuela is in the line of poverty. And I'm not making this these numbers up. You can look at on on Google and the UN has the numbers. So 90% of the population in Venezuela are below the poverty line. And you may say, how then? Why are you talking to me? Why do you have an internet connection? Why do you speak English when you're living in this situation? And I, well, what I can say is, as I was explaining before, Venezuela started, started the 80s and the 90s as a wealthy nation. So all that we have from the 80s and the 90s, at least in some part, you can still feel that it was there. Uh, for example, many people compare Venezuela to Cuba, which, I mean, it, it's a fair comparison in the sense that Cuban government has been very, or, or the Chavismo, which is what we call the the political party that Chavez is aligned to, or Yes, the Chavez political party. Um, Chavismo was always involved with the Cuban government, with the Castros and all the, the military forces that uh, with Cuba. They were working together along the Venezuelan government. And although I mean, many people see that uh, Cuba as a nation that is stale and they are like frozen in time in the 50s or 60s, well, Venezuela is somewhat like that, but we are not frozen in the in the 60s. We are frozen 
in the early 2000s, to say like that. So, uh, and although we have some things like, you know, I have an internet connection. It's not very good, but, you know, I'm talking to you. Uh, and I have a, a good education in the sense that I went to a, a good school um, and I learn English by myself because, you know, I have an internet connection so I could learn English online and, and that kind of stuff. But I'm privileged in that sense. And I'm not rich. I'm a middle class family. I come from a middle class family. But at, at the moment, most Venezuela don't have the privilege that I that I have. Most of us in Venezuela, the people who are inside Venezuela are struggling to find food for, you know, their everyday life. They're struggling to make ends meet. And what I mean by that is that the economical situation is so bad that people are fleeing the country, such as in the way that uh, in Syria, many people flee the country because of war. Well, in Venezuela, almost 5 million people have fled the country in the last five, six, eight years because of the situation, political, socially, economic situation. People who have, for example, money in the past, or not even money, but maybe they're a middle-class family, uh, they may be able to go to Spain or Europe. Some of them could go to United States to have a new life. Um, but the poorest, poorest one need, uh, needed to or or felt the need that they need to to go away from Venezuela, whoever way they could they could find whatever way they could find. So they went to Colombia, which is very near and easy to go to. And they go, a lot of them go by food. I mean, they go walking. They left Venezuela walking to the border. And some of them have walked from Venezuela to Chile or to Peru, which is very far away, by walking because they don't have enough money to buy not even a plane ticket or a bus ticket. They go by walking. So the situation is very very bad and many people around the world don't understand it because i don't think that the media is actually portraying it as as it is for example i think that when the syrian civil war started um we all maybe maybe if you don't know exactly what was happening you knew that something was happening in syria and you know that people were fleeing the country but in venezuela it's happening I mean, the, the same, almost the same amount of people as in Syria has fled the, flee the country, has left the country in Venezuela. But people aren't talking about that. And why is that? Uh, that's the question that I'm, that I'm asking myself too. Um, that's why actually I'm also doing this because I think it's important to, to you know, to spread awareness yes. about what is happening here. So um, when you say, when you were talking about what are my aspirations or how is my life like, what is my life like, um, I would say that although I know it sounds terrifying, some things that, I, that I've seen, that I've said, and even I, I haven't gone into many much details, um, but uh, you, m- many people think that when you say you're living in a dictatorship, they actually imagine 
just North Korea or Cuba, you know. But in this case, although uh, it is a dictatorship because the government is in in control of every branch of the systems, I mean, and the elections are rigged, and there has and the government has political prisoners. Also, the government controls the whole media, and if you are a person who is against the government. Even if you are not even a political activist, you may go to jail. You may go to jail because of what you said. Some people have gone to jail in Venezuela for what they have said online and against the government. So, <laughs> although I know it sounds pretty bad, and it is, people should understand how bad it is. Um, the fact is that the government realized that you just can't uh, lock up. 30 million people in a nation. I mean, it is practically impossible to control 30 million people. So my life, it is, I would say it is a normal, I mean, it's not normal. Nothing in Venezuela is normal, but I still do most of the thing, well, maybe not most of the thing, but a lot of the thing that everyone does in, in the press of the world. I can go to a supermarket and buy food, which is super expensive for a Venezuelan to buy, actually, uh, to buy food. And most Venezuelans, Venezuelans can't afford enough food every day you, for them to, to survive. Yeah, Vel, can you, yeah, tell me. Um, for, for us to understand poverty, can you tell us um, um, a person, a woman or a man who is educated to a level of high school um, for a particular training, what kind of salary will they get? And then with that salary, what can they buy um, in the shop? So okay. we, can, we can kind of like have an idea how much is the cost of living? Uh, and also we, we heard in about you know, yeah the, the, the currencies are just dropping and dropping and dropping and people like they have to take a lot of money just go to the shops. Is that right? Yes. Tell us. It is true. Tell us. Well, um, for example, uh, inflation rates in Venezuela are skyrocketing. They are insane. And when I say it's insane, it is unimaginable. It is uh, at levels that you've seen in other Africa, in African countries, that they, uh, when they have wars, civil wars in yeah. their countries. I mean, and we are not at war. We have even higher inflation rates than those countries. So it is pretty bad. Um, it it became to the it came to the point that right now, um, bills, paper bills, when I actually uh, cash cash money in in our in our currency, it just people doesn't use cash anymore because the inflation rate was so high that the government. It would have. It, it, I mean, the the bills went. It, they were worthless even a few weeks after yeah. they were printed. Exactly. So I mean, that, that is something that I read, and I still can't understand. And I have an economics background, and I don't know what this all means. Is it, <laughs> tell, tell us, like, give an example about um, yourself or maybe yeah. a friend uh, without telling us too much of their information. Um, how much he gets if he goes to, to, to a small little company to work or a shop to work? 
how much he gets per month yeah. and compared to like if he were to get um, one week worth of food including meat, eggs, milk, um, you know, food for himself and then food for the family. How much does that cost and how much will he have left? Okay, okay. Um, first, I want to make clear that although we may think about, um, okay, you have a, you finished high school and that's your student, like, that's your background. You finished high school, you didn't go to college, so you're a worker. Um, the, the minimum wage, wage salary in Venezuela right now is $1 a month. US dollar. It's the minimum wage. One US dollar a month is the minimum wage. Wow. But people aren't surviving in one dollar a month. A month. Because you may be saying, okay, but what do you do with one dollar? With one dollar, you buy one package of corn flour. Wow. That's it. So, of course, you say then no one can survive with minimum wage. And you are right no one is surviving with minimum wage so no, at the moment people aren't paying attention to the minimum wage although there are some people who are working for minimum wage but they don't do it because of their actual salary they do it but because maybe at their work they give them perks so for example you are a waitress and they pay you minimum wage but maybe you survive because of the tips you know the tips that people give you because you know you're a waitress uh, something like that um so people don't survive on on, on that salary so how much the, does the cost of living you can spend you can survive one one person can survive in venezuela i mean if for food with 100 a month you can survive survive for less but if you want to eat well and by that i mean that you eat meat that you eat vegetables that you eat you know a full three meals every day and maybe fruits and juices you know you, i mean people eat juices in normal places they don't always uh, drink water you know so a hundred dollars a month would be enough for one person to eat okay the thing is most people in venezuela don't earn a hundred dollars a month and when I say a hundred dollars a month I mean uh, I'm really telling you that Venezuela is incredibly expensive right now for example I have a friend that he is a, he I, I study at the university he's a public university here in Venezuela and he 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 studies with me and before the pandemic he left the country in order to uh, to like in a student exchange program so he flee the country to study abroad for a year and he uh, he now he came back a few weeks ago no like a week ago he uh, he has spent eight months i mean all the quarantine almost all this year in europe and he came back a month ago and he just told me today that food in venezuela was most was more expensive than in Europe. So can you imagine that? I mean, food in Venezuela is more expensive than in Europe. Also, I can confirm it because I came, I, I visit, well, not Europe, but I visit Colombia very recently. I mean, uh, last year, 
in the last months of last year before the pandemic. And food in Colombia was cheaper than in Venezuela. So the thing is, I mean, you spend a hundred dollars a month for one person to eat, but people doesn't don't make that salary. So usually, I mean, people can survive. When I say survive, is literally like barely. They can survive on maybe twenty dollars a month, and they I'm telling you, they must be starving because I have friends that I know of that they earn a. Twenty, they make twenty dollars U.S. dollars a month, and they barely make it to the to the end to ends meet. Everything goes to food. The twenty dollars all of them goes to food. Of course, they don't pay in rent. They they have their their own houses, their their own homes. And if you make like twenty dollars a month, which is I think it's pretty normal, especially in the slums, you know, uh, uh, where poor people or the poorest people live. They make, they could make twenty dollars a month, and they are literally surviving, surviving. And can you imagine? I mean, one dollar is one package of corn flowers, yes. of, of corn flour. So if you have twenty dollars, I mean, what can you do with that? Yes. And a uh, uh, kilogram. I don't know if you use okay. yep. pounds or kilograms. Yeah. So tell us a typical family. Um, how many people are in there, and what is a typical meal like? I mean. This is not only just poverty. This is inhumane. You know. Hello. Okay, I came back. Yeah. Hello, I came back. Yeah, no problem. So it's 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 not even poverty. It's like it, I'm just totally speechless. I'm th- I'm just totally speechless. Tell us a family of it's extreme poverty. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's it's not human. It's not human. No. Um, and we're talking about 2020 in the millennium. Um, we're talking about the. It, it's 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 just blows my mind. I'm totally speechless. Uh, and as I as I listen to you, I, I don't know what to say. Um, I, I just want you to describe. Yeah, I just I just want you to describe, like a family. How many people that typically in, in a family? Parents, um, yourself, sisters, brothers, um, husband, whatever, um, cousins, with the family, and then, um, you know, how do they manage food if food is the only survival? Thing that's on their mind, yeah. and you're talking about a huge population of people are just like living like survival food, and there's yeah, not much, and there's not much food left for everyone in terms of distribution. Tell us how does a typical day look like? Well, well, thing is, um, right now in 2020, there. Is food in Venezuela, uh, but that have changed. For example, in 2017, food scarcity was a very big thing. A scarcity, very big yeah. thing. 2016 and 2017 were the worst years Tell because uh, you you need to uh, people may used to make lines like 
from for hours, hours and hours just to get a package of rice or wow. oil or bread, even bread. So right now it's not like that, but the prices have gone up. So people aren't making lines anymore, but everything is way more expensive than okay. it was. It was. So the prices has, so has gone up. Said, yes. Okay. So tell yeah, us, tell us two up. things. Tell us the in nineteen. Um, tell us those years that people had to queue for for food mm-hmm. like flour, rice, bread, basic food like milk, meat, um, eggs. Um, you know those days. And also tell us now. And you're and you're well, only just describing that. food because there's no there's no there's no way of living. There's no quality of life. No. People are just trying to to eat in order to breathe, to survive. But, but I think that's a control strategy. I mean, yep. uh, although it, it was a failure from the government, yep. I think it was also a strategy because people who are starving can't think about Ooh. political things. I see. I mean, you okay. don't have a head for anything else. You only are focus on survival and that is true today until today so back then a few few years ago uh, uh, three years ago um people were queuing for everything because food scarcity was very very at its peak and and also the food food scarcity was a thing because the prices weren't real what i mean by real is that they were way cheaper as they should be. Yes. So producers were making actually a lot of a lot of things because why am I going to make a lot of rice, for example, to sell it to a price that no one is going to buy? Yeah. So uh, uh, as as time passes, and, and one thing I want to make you an example. I live only with 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 my mom's in, in so I don't have uh, when we're talking about managing food, food for example in my house it's very easy because you know there's only two of us but I've heard very bad stories stories about uh, from friends even friends of mine I have a friend that um, in his grandparents at home uh, not his home but his grandparents home and they were they, they were also other family members living there they were like five members of the family they were fighting inside their own home with their other family members for a package because of package of corn flour they were fighting because oh someone said oh but i did the queue for this so this is mine and things like that and they were all living in the same house in the same roof and they were family I mean, we're talking about this, yeah. I mean, the government, and the, the, what they did, they turned people into their lowest and most yeah. basic instincts, which is, you know, survival mode. And it's yeah. very, very sad. Right now, I can say that it is not like people are in QN anymore, but everything is more expensive. So mm. I've heard stories about families that they just, even they, they may live in the same room, but they have like different parts of the of the refrigerator for example and they divide the food by not by the whole family but by each member and it's i mean that's sickening that's sickening to hear 
Yes. Wow. So, and, 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 well, that's actually not very much smart strategy, let me tell you, even economically, because if you distribute the food, the food uh, for the whole the whole family, and I mean, it, it is better for everyone, but you know, that's what people started to think like, because, you know, they are obsessed, well, not obsessed, of course, they are surviving, and they're so focused on them and eating something that day or that night that everything started to starts to fall apart even inside the families yeah. so as i was saying right now there are cues but there's a big gap between economic or social social classes there is a lot of people who have a lot of money there is people who maybe don't have a lot of money I mean, I would be in that class, in like the middle class. I mean, we don't have a lot of money, but um, I, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm surviving, but not in the same way as the most uh, poor, poorest people in the country. You know, I, I don't have, I, I, I'm eating well, but you know, the, the things about which is actually one of the worst things that is happening right now is the services issue, the public services. And what I mean by that is w running water, electricity, um, transportation, uh, gas, um, not only gas from, you know, fuel the cars, but also gas for cooking, you know? So the services, because the government isn't maintaining, maintaining them, the government isn't putting money into those services our public services are a nightmare so all the time all the time i i have uh my running water for example i don't have running water all the time and i don't live in a country in the countryside i don't live in a poor neighbor actually i i, I live in a i would say i live in a in a middle class to wealthy neighborhood in Caracas, a privileged neighborhood neighborhood in Caracas. I live uh, I live in one of those, and even though I still don't have running water, like half of the time, maybe three days a week or even four days a week, I don't have running water. And even and I'm telling you, I'm privileged because some people haven't had running water in months. And again, I'm not talking about the countryside of the country, uh, the countryside. I'm talking about the the biggest city in Venezuela, which is Caracas. And many, and also there's the other part, which is power outages. We have power outages every, I mean, all the time. In, I mean, uh, in my neighborhood, we don't have so many. I we have a few, but it's it's I would say it's rare compared to other parts of the country. But other parts, even in, in Caracas, they they have power outages daily. I mean, literally, it's daily. So uh, I know and I have friends that outside of Caracas, outside of the city, of the main, of the capital city, and they tell me they, they don't have uh, power for like eight hours a day, every day eight hours every day without power and that's i mean i'm, I'm not making this up this yeah. is real and yeah. this is happening yeah so like yourself um what what kind of jobs are available and what do you do um uh, i'm uh, i'm 
right now I'm a student. I'm yeah. a, I study I study computer engineering. Yeah. But I also work as a programmer. Yeah. Because you know I study computer engineering. Yeah. So what kind of jobs do there? I mean, there are many jobs in Venezuela, but most people what they do to survive because if you I mean there are jobs you can find them but yeah. if you don't have a a, a great uh, preparation you know for example I, I, I'm not even an engineer but at least you know I, I, I can work and even I can work from all online because you know I'm a programmer so I can work even from for other people outside Venezuela Uh, and I'm privileged in that sense because I can do that. But most people can do that, and most people in Venezuela doesn't have uh, a good internet connection. Yep. So I think that what people do is, you know, sell stuff. A lot of people is selling stuff yep. or trying to find some kind of business that they can do. Everyone is doing something different. That's what I say. It's very. I mean, people have very different kinds of jobs. You can find a job as a waitress, for example, that but that won't give you a lot of money. Yeah. And how does a waitress earn one dollar as the minimum sum, and plus some tips, some money coming in, and that's not able for her to cover? So you're talking about jobs that are just trying to meet the services of the people or the on the very basic level. There aren't good jobs, and that's why. That, no. And that's why um, it. The reason is because the whole econ economy has collapsed. It was, um, it is being mismanaged, and um, and and for me, it's it, yeah. It, it it blows my mind, and I don't know what to ask you, because it seems like the <laughs> whole market mechanism is totally broken, and I don't live in 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 your kind of world, so it's so hard for me to imagine that. And also for for the understanding of the viewers, um, because you yeah. know where I live in, um, and it's what you see on the internet, right? People go out, they go to the shops, um, you know, they they study, they get a job, and and they bring they bring home money. Um, they can have a aspiration because they can plan for the future. They have a life. They're gonna plan for okay. I'm gonna buy a house. I'm gonna get a car. I'm gonna have children. It's it's a kind of a decent life for themselves in this millennium, right? I mean, it, it is not something too much to ask. It is something like you exactly. want to get a job. You want to have a, a house. You want to have a life. You want to have children. You want to build on it, and you want your your children to have a life, and then you can meet people. You can have a social life. You can. Keep up with the rest of the world. You can kind of like travel. You can have your food. You can buy things, um, but that is totally non-existent in 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 your country. And and you're coming from um, the city. Um, you're talking about the whole economic structure, and the whole market mechanism is totally collapsed because it was in the hands of communism, and they totally mismanaged yeah. resources of the country, and there wasn't any. A, a mechanism to run the resources, and we know from, you know, from basic economics um, terminology, um, yeah. uh, a centralized um, control of a command economy. It tries to redistribute resources to families, food, money, 
um, like what you say, water, uh, basic things, um, salary, jobs. But however, the whole centralized combined economy also collapsed. So there is no market mechanism like what we enjoy outside the world. And there is no centralized mechanism because it collapsed too. And therefore, the people who are living in this uh, place where you are, they have no mechanism. There is no resources and and there is no resources as in food, products, services, technology, basics, necessities. All these cannot reach the people and if it can reach the people they are being filtered it's so little and the prices go shoot up and therefore the money measurement of these products has also collapsed that led to inflation 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 because money now then becomes worthless because the system of both whether it's market driven has collapsed or centralized combined economy has also has also collapsed Am I right to say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's completely right. I think that the worst way to picture it, how is it, how is it today? Because, I mean, I would say that four years ago, I would say this is like exa- exactly what communism feel like. I mean, this is it. That, that, that It is textbook communism. Yeah, but right that's now, what I read. I would say, yeah. yeah, I would say that right now it is more like Mad Max, and, wow. and I don't mean it. Yeah. I know, and and, yeah. and like I said, everyone is on their own because right now it's not like I mean maybe uh, five years ago when people I mean because five years ago you couldn't only buy certain amount of food and they, and they, the government tried to implement a system when you need if you went to a supermarket you needed to register like mm. your fingerprint. Wow! So you can only buy this much rice so you needed to put your fingerprint in order for them to to register your 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 purchase wow. and then you can buy more rice for the rest of the month that's why there there was a black market for food back then right now there is no black market but because it's not necessary it's so expensive everything is so expensive that yeah i mean people aren't buying as much as they as they did so right now that's why i'm saying this is like an uncap dream for saying yeah. the least it's like it's uncap but it's also communist it's a very weird yeah. because like i said this is mad max because everyone is on their own and their and the market it, it, i mean the government still controls the market but not as much as before right now if you want everything if you have the money to pay for it you can find it in venezuela and when i mean everything is literally everything there are I mean, I've seen Tesla's cars in Caracas, and what, what, how? You, I mean, that's insane. How can you find a Tesla in Caracas? But I've seen it with my own eyes. Mm-hmm. So when I, when I mean that, is the, the the market? It it just doesn't make sense. You mm-hmm. can find anything you want in Venezuela as long as you have the money to pay for it. Okay, but, and that's that's yeah. the reality. of the population is living in that survival mode. I mean, we're we're listening to, like, we're watching on the news North Korea because it's in the headlines. 
um, because of Donald Trump. You know, he wants to make a, 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 a treaty with North Korea because of the nuclear threat that they are. So that is in the radar of the world. And of course, news comes out from North Korea that the people don't have food um, and people are trying yeah. to dig um, the ground to grow for, for like, you know, some of the potatoes, um, sweet potatoes and, and a lot of... And, and these are things that sometimes when, when, when we read the news, it really sounds like, okay, that's alien. Maybe that's fake news. Um, sometimes it doesn't register... In the brains of people who are living a life like myself and a large part of the world living like like this, like a normal life, um, it cannot register in our brain that that kind of life can be real. And it cannot register that your kind of life that you described can be real. Really because there wasn't enough news and visuals and interviews and understanding and going into the kind of a microscope or telescope to see the world from the inside. So therefore, your story makes it much more important because you represent an ordinary person. You don't represent... The, yeah. the the different kind of unique individual whom we don't know how, but they've got their money somehow. But you represent a good population of the people of Venezuela, and you mentioned that they they can't even afford to get the transport, and they have to walk for miles and miles and miles, day and day and night and night, to places like Chile, um, uh, yeah. Argentina yeah and they have to walk there in search of a decent human life we're talking about just human survival right Uh, Mm -hmm. could you describe these people tell me these people who really make it and they decide to go tell us well I think that I mean these people um actually the system has failed for them i mean of course like i said uh, we live in a dictatorship but they actually feel hopeless yeah if you actually feel like you could do something here you wouldn't go because you leave everything behind most people can't afford to travel with their whole with their whole family so maybe their mothers uh fathers sisters and they left the country hoping that they will ever see that they will see their families again someday but they mm. they they go alone they they leave the country and they flee the country and they go alone to fight just a bit of hope for them to live a normal life um, a, a lot of them and i think that's the saddest part a lot of people in venezuela especially those less privileged ones they may not know how the outside world is. I mean, we do know because as well, Venezuela, we, we, I mean, I, I know those people watch TV and they have internet and they watch the movies. I mean, we know that, that outside everything is different and it is better, but they actually haven't leave it, never. I mean, because yeah. especially younger people like me, 20 years or less, um, they flee the countries and they don't know better they know there's something outside but they just don't know it so yeah. they just go with a with a 
uh, uh, luggage full of hope, and they actually imagine how how bad it, it, it can be. That they yeah. rather go by walking to a foreign foreign country than staying at home with yeah. their families. Because you, I mean, you, they would talk you, to have them. Have you heard of such a case yourself? And describe um, specific individuals. I mean, I've I've met people, Sorry. and I've also there are great documentaries. Although yeah. I I I don't know if they're in English. I've seen them in in Spanish. In Spanish, there's a great one, but I think it, there is dubbed. I mean, there they, they it has subtitles. A, a comedian in Venezuela said, "I want to do a documentary about this situation, and I am going to travel with these people by walking with them." Of course, it is a comedian, and he's a famous person. He, he wasn't actually living in Venezuela, or or he now he now lives in Mexico. But I mean, he he did it because they, he wants to uh, he wanted to do a documentary, so he traveled with them from the border in Venezuela, and he started walking through Colombia. And he was with other, I mean, there were many, many people, but he had a group of four people that he found. I mean, he didn't plan it with these people. He was walking and they, yeah, he found them in like, not a refugee camp, but like a refugee stop for yep. them to, to rest. Yep. And he went with them. And you can see how hard it was yes. and what their stories were, where most of them, were parents and they left their kids i mean all yeah. of them were were have had kids yeah. and they all of them say I'm, i'm leaving because i want my kids to have a better future so i'm leaving to make money to send them and eventually to bring them back i mean bring them with me to colombia or chile or peru or whatever they were they were going yeah. and actually these people they don't want to have like a great life they don't dream to yes. be millionaires They actually just want to live like a normal life, to be safe, to have food every day on the table. Wow. And it's it's shame that most, I mean, all of them have dreams in the sense that, oh, maybe I want to be a nurse or I want to be a lawyer. But it's actually such a normal thing to desire that it's a shame that they just can't achieve them then here and I also that it was that I lived this I've seen some kids in the street yeah, yeah. and in Venezuela one of the things that get that it is very expensive I don't, I don't know why it are apples yeah. apples are very expensive in Venezuela right now not I mean a few years ago like 10 years ago it wasn't right now it is very expensive and little kids have never tasted a, an apple before wow. and i've seen i've seen how some people you know we are donating food and they give they gave apples to these kids yeah. that they were in the streets and yeah. those and the kids said oh i i've seen the the apples on the tv and on my books you know because they they're in kindergarten so oh and you see the apple and stuff whatever but i've never test, tasted one wow and it's that's shocking to yes. hear yes yes so well i want to i want to know like what is your aspiration that is the question um what do you now that you're doing computer um programming and through the internet you know you see the world is full of 
possibilities outside, but yet you're being stuck、um, in this place.、Um, how do you feel? And what are the conversations you have with your mom? Because both of you stay together. And what aspirations do you have for your life? Actually, like most people my age, I want to leave Venezuela.、Um, there are a few of my friends, or but like a very very few that want to stay here. But most of us, we just want to leave. Some of us wants to finish university here because I mean I'm in a public university, and although it's in a very bad condition, at least the teachers are still good, you know. Um, some people wanted to finish university here because it's free, and then leave. I just want to leave <laughs> as soon as I can. I, I I don't want to finish school here because there will it will be too many years. So I really want to to leave, and that's what I'm that's what I'm looking for, leaving the country. And I've talked with my mom, and she, I mean, she agrees with that. Um, she's a lawyer, so it's very hard for her to leave. I mean, a lot of people leave, and even if they are lawyers or whatever,、um, many people leave to start like another career path or just to work in whatever work they can find. I don't know. Probably my mom was will stay because it, it is harder for older people,、um, or yeah, for like the generation of my my mom's generation, it's harder to leave because you leave all those years here, and then you're suddenly leaving leaving everything behind. But for us, like my generation, it is easier because you know you have all your life ahead, and you feel like if you don't leave soon enough, you're wasting your life here. Yeah, I think,、uh, I so that's why is, I want to leave.、Yeah. I think you have hit a very important point. You feel that your life is being wasted, right? You feel like you're just being pushed to this survival mode, like this survival mode, like just trying to breathe. You know, finding food just、yeah. to breathe.、Um, I've got two questions.、Um, how much does a teacher earn? Does she teach? That does do they earn like a few dollar US dollars per day? First question. And the other question is your friend who was on an exchange program、um, in Europe. Why didn't he find a way to stay there? Well, I mean, I ask him. I ask him the same question, but I will get to that.、Okay. Well, a teacher, it depends. It depends on where. He, for example, I have a I have a family member that is a teacher in a public school.、Yeah. In a public school, she is making minimum wage. One dollar. So yes. Okay. One dollar. Maybe I mean they gain some like amenities. I mean they have like like. You know, so because there are teachers,、public、they、housing. give him more money. Like,、yeah. yeah, no, no, public housing <laughs> that doesn't exist. No, <laughs> no,、uh, no, not anymore. No,、okay. no, that it 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 doesn't exist. I mean, in Venezuela, and、um, people are leaving because most of them have homes from before all the、yeah. economical collapse.、Yeah. Most people are in rent- renting, but they live like they own their homes. Yeah. So my, my 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 family member, my cousin, is making like a dollar. So, but and I say, why are you? Why do you keep doing it? Of course, she likes it, you know. And those 
kids in the public school need it yeah. because they are very poor if you are if they, are, they need some teacher so she does it because she likes it because yeah. she also wants to gain their the, the experience you know the the work experience but she needs to have a side gig which she has and mm -hmm. she does like uh, uh she does she she teach uh at his own home especially uh you know like i don't know how, how do you call it like extra lessons for yeah, kids that tuition. want to learn more like yeah, math you know yeah. so she does that and that's how she makes money because he she doesn't make any money from school i don't know what she keeps there i mean i i get it because she likes it but imagine how The, the school teachers, especially the, the public school teachers here in Venezuela are saints. They're literally saints because they're doing it just because they wanted to, yeah. not because so, of the like, money. So, so they're it, literally saints. Yeah. In Venezuela, you use Venezuela pesos. Am I right? Uh, no, it's called Bolívares, which is Bolívares, which is come yeah. from Simón Bolívar, which is the, yeah. you know, and, the and one this is our virtually, country. <laughs> so we use that. Yeah. And this is what I see in the news, like it's, it's, it's literally worthless, like what you said. And you gotta, you gotta take piles yeah. and piles and bags and bags of them to go to the shop just to buy something, right? Yeah, I mean, we don't do that anymore because, I mean, yes, that's completely true. If you want to buy something with cash, you would need cash. bags and bags of money. But because right now it's just way too insane, Yeah. No one uses cash. Everyone does like, uh, you know, by they pay by uh, by bank transfers Transfer. or uh, okay. credit cards or well, credit card debit cards, and that's it. We don't use cash anymore. And also, unless and it also, is USD. Yeah, and also the inflation is just like going up like crazy. Yes, because the people who holds these resources increases their price. Um, again and again and again and again because of the demand and that drives the inflation rate and that made money worthless right I mean we're talking about economic forces so the, the government prints more money every day I see. that's why the inflation okay. rates okay because they every keep day printing. they print more money okay not backed by any economic worth okay what about your friend you know you've got this opportunity to have an mm -hmm. exchange program Why doesn't he find a way to stay? And I, I'm saying it like in a way that I'm naive because even an exchange student may not be able to find a way to stay because the governments on both sides control the movement of the student. You know, he just goes to the university, stays yeah. in there and he comes back with a ticket, etc. And the embassy will have to control his movement. But I just want to know, like, he's there. What are the conversations with him? And did he come back with like big um, revelations in his mind about the world, etc.? Tell me. Well, yes. I mean, thankfully, the Venezuelan embassy, because Venezuela doesn't have any actual relation, diplomatic relations with foreign countries unless you are like another dictatorship. Uh, so Venezuela embassies doesn't have any say in people uh, uh, related to people Venezuelans outside of Venezuelans. Yeah. So he could stay there. So why didn't he stay? Because um, he is at the end 
of the of the career he's about to finish. He yeah. actually came here just to finish two classes that he needs to to finish. Yeah. And then he will graduate next year in yeah. 2020, in 2021. So he came back so he could graduate from mm. university. I mean, he could have stayed there and graduate from there. Actually, he could he, he could have done be that illegal. because yeah. he yeah he could have done that because right now because of the pandemic, uh, our classes our lessons are online, so he could easily have stayed there and finished the university there and that's it and I asked them why did you come back and right now in the middle of a pandemic when are you going back and you know it's hard to come back if yeah. you're in the middle of a pandemic yeah. and he told me that he actually missed missed, missed his family yeah. and he actually always thought of coming back and then leaving again yeah. so due to the pandemic he I mean he should have come back on June and because of the pandemic no 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 May it was I think it was May it was very very early it was May uh, in the pandemic thing you know the yeah. quarantine but he couldn't make it and that wasn't planned and he actually you know he didn't say goodbye to his family so he felt that he needed to come back you know to close that to actually say goodbye to his family to graduate and then leave again and yes he had like a revelation when he went to Europe, he, he, he never left the country until that time, yes. uh, past year when he traveled. And he said that he, it's really a completely different thing and he haven't felt that free before. And um, although he really actually misses, I mean, he's one of those person that he, he really likes his family and his friend. And he misses that, he misses that, you know, warm of, your friends and your family, you know, and your people. Not only your family, but your people, you know, Venezuelans, your peers. He misses that. But he told me that although he will always miss that, it was better for him to to go back and we he's can. not planning to stay there for, for staying here for long. Yeah. Yeah. Um Well what what aspirations do he do we do we do we um can we hear from you? Um, you know you, I think you're about 20, you're trying, you're um, finishing your university soon. Um, what plans do you have? You you do plan to leave because you spoke to, to your mom. Have you got like a more concrete vision of yourself, of the future, like in five years time? Well, I wish, um, I wish that in five years I would be graduating from for another university, I, I, I won't graduate here. Yeah. I wish I would be graduating from another university, maybe in Europe, because education is uh, cheaper yeah. in Europe than yeah. maybe in the United States. Also, I can't go to the United States. I don't have a visa. Um, I can't go to the United States. So how Europe you, is like yeah, the How would you thing. go to the Europe through university transfers? Um, in my case, uh, I wouldn't go because I, I mean, I still have a few years for me to be able to apply to that, yeah. like two years, one year and a half. And for me, I think that's too long. Um, and due to the pandemic, that would delay a bit more. That would be delayed. Yeah. So I just would, I, I would leave, you know, I would enter as a, as a tourist and then get in for that, for, uh, from there or maybe find a job from here. 
Yep. So to be able to apply for a, 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 a working visa from here and then and yep. then leave. Because as Venezuela, we have the privilege, for example, to enter the uh, European Union I see. Um, okay. very easy without a visa. I with mean, you can enter as okay. a tourist. Okay. Yeah. 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 Is there any final um, uh, conclusion you would like to make? Um, you know, like a two-minute final conclusion. Um, I, I think what what people want. I know I I may talk talk a lot, and I'm sorry. I know I talk a lot. Um, no, 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 but no. I, I want people yeah. to yeah. because because you told I me that you to. you because I've taken one hour. And uh, it's something that we set aside. I would love to have you come back again, and even you know interview oh, a couple of your friends. And because today, nice. yeah, I, I we're really just talking about an overarching broad view, you know, from from yeah. a sky. Um, just what you say, just describing it. I I I think we myself um, representing a listener. Would want to know much more, like going into deeper, like the Google Map. We yeah, need to zoom in. Yeah, we want to really day. zoom in, so that we can actually visualize, and then your story can be told in more concrete, real manner in the in the minds and the eyes of the people, because we can't see um, what's happening there. Um, it would yeah. be good for you for we to be able to zoom in and out of this Google Map that you are describing, and to invite you again, and also to invite a couple of your friends, um, if they could, nice. and then also let you interview them, because you would know oh. what uh-huh. you would know what to ask, and you would want yeah. to the world to to understand, and it's better from you. To ask them what you know, because on my side, I don't know what I don't know, so it's harder for me to ask you these questions. So, but I'm very sure there are aspects of your lives, and the conversations that you talk about with your friends who are close to you about the frustrations, about the impatience, about you know these dreams yeah. that you have. And what you really want out of life, out of this opportunity, and also about the 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 time that you feel that you don't want to waste your life. Um, I want to hear you tell us more about that. Um, you know, being someone of your generation, um, that would be really really um, wonderful for us to get to know you and your generation better. And I think more people should know this better. Yeah. It, it does. I mean, actually, that's what I'm. That that that's what um. What I want people to know that we actually exist and we are here and we are suffering. And what what I want mm-hmm. what I want people to to take from all of this is that what is happening in Venezuela is actually a humanitarian situation. Humanitarian crisis. This is not yeah. just uh, uh it is not only like a political turmoil. It's not only an economic, uh, economic collapse. I mean, it is. But it we are talking about a humanitarian situation. We yeah. have people that are fleeing the country. Like, yeah. force, uh, we have refugees in Colombia, in Brazil, and yeah. in, in, other, in other near countries. And we yeah. have people who like, are actually fleeing the country in boats, yeah. like in Cuba. In Cuba. Yes. 
So th that's what I want them to get. This time, humanitarian situation. It's real. This is not even. Yeah. I mean, it, it is political, of course, but actually, the main focus should be the people, the people yes. who are suffering. Yeah. You know what, Vale? Um, Vale, I I really would like you to um, us to talk again, and then I I want you to be able to explain in as we zoom in like a microscope. And I want you to explain this humanitarian crisis and the psyche of the people. How do people feel? The impatience that that they are not justified. They shouldn't be living this way. Um, you know, they should be giving a chance of a decent life in this millennium. We're we're, we're really talking about the world has changed. You know, we're living in a technological world. Yeah. But why are people? Um, living that way, why why are we allowing that kind of world to to still exist? That the humanitarian crisis that you've described. So in the twenty um, first century. Yeah, exactly. Uh, in twenty twenty, why why do we still um, allow that to happen? And if if the pandemic has has um, shown us anything that is positive, um, it really just goes to show that it's in every country. Regardless of if you're in a dictatorship, you're in a communist, you're in a rich country or not, it's just there, right? And we're and yeah. it really just goes to show that everyone is the same. And I think the pandemic or the virus has actually um, giving some light to um, the people, human humanity as one. Um, So you know what, Vale? Um, I'd like you to give a conclusion for the next thirty seconds, and then I'll invite you again, and then we can talk offline um, about oh, yeah about um, how we can do this second episode, and how you could bring a couple of people on as you having a conversation with them um, in English, of course, and, and so that you can actually ask them um, some of these things that I'm asking you. Or the things that the world should know, so that you can ask them to to reveal um, these realities to the world. How about that? I think that's great. I think that's a great idea, and I would love to come back. Thank you for this opportunity. For real, I think it's yeah. very important that yeah. people hear us. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, and and um, I like uh, uh, the listeners to know that um, we can't reveal your identity. For your safety, um, and we don't want to do that because this is just a conversation that we have about uh, humanity. Yeah. And then your friends, whom you're going to bring on um, at the later stage, you take your time. Um, they will not divulge their identity or their confidentiality, and and nor I, I'm not interested in that because I can't help you guys. Yeah, yeah. But what we can help each other is to give the voice. To let the world know that there is such a crisis, when the the eyes of the camera of the news is not focused, you know the news is now focused on certain places in China, in in North Korea, but you know the lots of countries are suffering, the people are suffering, so we should give justice to to people. And I want to thank you, Vel, for opening our eyes and for this one hour of education. I I think I'm totally speechless. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to ask. Except, um, I can only say thank you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for, um, you know, 
attempting to open our eyes and open our, our minds and and letting us see um, your world from where you are. And this is not where it's going to stop, um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, listeners, and the viewers. Um, it's going to where it starts. We, we're going to invite Val again um, to let us know her world um, uh, and the situation in Venezuela. Um, okay, Val, 30 seconds. Um, well, I just want to say again, thank you to you and everyone who is hearing this. If you want to know more, before I came back here, before I came back here, just Google, just Google a bit. Yeah. Find trustworthy sources from Venezuela. And please do. Okay. Ask a Venezuelan. Yeah. So the Google search should bring up Venezuela higher in the search engine. <laughs> You know, thank you so much, Val. Um, I'll invite you again, and I want you to stay safe in 2020. And if this, like what I say, if this pandemic has brought any good, it's brought the whole world together, um, rich or poor, no matter where you are, and it's gone to different ends of the earth. So we are one. Thank you so much, Val. Um, keep in touch, and we'll bring you on again. And uh, for 2020, and then 2021, um, have a good year. Right, right, we'll bring you back. All right, Val? Bye. Thank okay, you. thank you so much, Val. We'll talk offline. Bye. Bye.